Coming up on episode two of the Real Talk podcast, Ed Prodell, chairman of Coldwell Banker, the real estate group. I always feel like if you stop striving to get there, someone else is nipping at you. We are Coldwell Banker, the real estate group, and we are one. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Boyer, Regional Vice President of Northern Illinois with Coldwell Banker, the real estate group. I am very honored to have here with me today the man, the legend, our company's own chairman and founder, Mr. Ed Prodell. Thanks for being here today, Ed. It's great being here, Laura. Always great seeing you and always great uh, getting together. Yeah, absolutely. So I just have some, you know, like we're trying to do in this podcast, it's real talk, right? This is our episode about you and your background. It doesn't have to be this scripted answers. We just want to know a little bit more, get, you know, dive a little deeper into some of the backstory and who you are and how you got where you are today. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. All right. So we all know you as a lovable guy. We love getting together with you, and you will stop to take the time to get to know just about anybody. And your memory is fabulous. I, I don't know how you do that. Um, you have over 1,700 agents across four states in our Midwest region here. And when you get together, it's amazing how you remember not just our own names as agents, but spouses' names, too. Do you have a trick to that? Uh, I, I, I really concentrate hard on, on uh, remembering the names, remembering the the, the, uh, the spouses' names and their children and what they do in that. And of course, Facebook makes that much easier for me. True. Because I do feel pe- follow people on Facebook and uh, you know, it, and it helps me to, to recognize what other people are doing, what's going on. But um, I truly love people, so it's easy and I, I I try to remember. It was much easier 20 years ago. It's sure. a little more difficult now with yeah, 1,700 yeah. agents, but uh, I, I do work at it. And I uh, I know, like, in Wisconsin now, we've been there going on five years, and I feel really comfortable with who I talk to and what mm-hmm. I'm saying because I, I, I know most of the people. Right. But... Um, it's a challenge sometimes, but I love doing it. It's impressive, and I think it comes from a genuine place too. It's not; it doesn't look like you're working to remember. It's that you generally do show that interest in our agents, and I think that's what's made you so successful. And people want to follow you, and I think that's attributes to the success and growth that we've had. And that's that's amazing because you don't find that in a lot of leaders. And um, I know that we as agents and managers and staff in this company appreciate that about you. Well, and I I appreciate that about our staff. I, yeah. I find most of our staff people and and uh, most of uh, most of the, the corporate people are, are that way and that is yeah. a reflection of what I like and, and, and I try to uh, I try to stay up with things going on it's much easier for me to stay up with people than it is with technology today. So right, right. But without the technology, it wouldn't be as easy to stay up with, with the people. people. So right. I'll admit I've been that person that has gone to meet somebody and I can't remember their kids' names or I've had to check in to be like, oh, wait, what grade are they in now? And I, I have to go kind of do that little Facebook stock. So right. have you ever found yourself having to do that? Is right. it with, with family? Uh, with family. <laughs> no? Not so much with family. Oh, good, good. <laughs> but, uh, but just with general? Yeah, general. general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all we've all been guilty of doing that. So I, I've, but it makes me happy to know that I have a resource to go to when my own memory fails me. So a, a lot of times I go back and I will look at our our, um, uh, our offices and the people in the offices and try to run through them when I'm going to an office so that I I do remember names yeah. and try to remember names more. more. Yeah. But, uh, 
that's getting more and more difficult too because if by the time you go through the list of all the people you're there so right well and I guess it's safe to say to any of the the agents or staff that approach you at any event that we might have I am always appreciative when somebody reintroduces themselves so maybe it's a good reminder to every all of us to say you may not remember me but you usually do it seems anyway so that's right. still I fascinating more, I wish people would do that because even yeah. though I've met them before if they the first, second, or third time I meet them, and they say, "Oh, you remember me? I'm Warren." You know, yeah, yeah. Then, then it the rings fourth a time or right. the fifth time. You right. know, it, it's not it's not a stretch in my um, memory to, to back there. Right. You know, who is this? But right. Well, and so note to all of the listeners out there when they when they hear this, um, wear your name tag and reintroduce yourself when you meet people, Absolutely. just in case. So Absolutely. that's excellent. So let me dive a little deeper into your history and and you starting in real estate because I think we've talked about the story before, but not everybody might even be aware. So you started real estate in in 1971. Okay, and do you remember your first closing a commission do. check? I Tell do. me a little bit about that. It was uh, I, it was the first day I was in the office, and the phone rang, and Bob Honig, who was the owner of the company at the time, says, well, just answer it. And so I, I did, and they, people said, well, we'd like to see a house on White Street in Joliet. And I said, what is <laughs> He said, well, go out and show it. So I, I said, well, what do you mean go out and show it? He said, well, just walk through it. Pretend like there's something out there you like, and mention it and walk through and you know listen to the people and we walked in the door and there was nothing really outstanding about this house it was four rooms and and I just walked through with the people and we walked out the back door and the guy said I'll take it and I said what we'll take it. <laughs> can you follow me back to Lockport yeah <laughs> I had no okay. idea what to do or, or that and there was an agent there by the name of uh, uh, Lee uh, and she I ran in ahead of the people and said, these people want to buy this house, what do I do? And she said, oh, sit down. And it was a one-page contract, by the way. Wow, <laughs> I wouldn't, we wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, $19,900 VA, which, again, for your first deal, is like, yeah. I didn't know what VA was. But, uh, right. but uh, Lee helped me through the contract. Uh, we got it together. It took two and a half months to close, and I made $274. And I thought... That's the easiest two hundred seventy-four dollars ever made in my life. Right, <laughs> it was that fast? Right, and, uh, and and so the the deal went through, and then Lee said to me, "You know, I've got a listing in Romeoville on Saturday. Would you like to go with me, and I'll split it with you." So my first listing was at four twenty Macon in, in Romeoville. Gosh, I remember the addresses and everything. That's impressive. I can remember the addresses sometimes more than the names, but uh, right. And and again, the house sold in a week or so. So I said, "Wow, this is the business. I love it." Love line of thinker you were yeah. in. And I yeah. never knew, you know. Bob Honig said to me when I was selling my business, he said, What are you gonna do? I said, Take a year off and spend some time with my family and he said, Oh, you're gonna get in real estate, you'd be a natural. There is no such thing as natural because I was scared to death. Absolutely. I, but it was right. uh, it was exciting and I loved uh, it. It's awesome. So what was your plan B? What did you want to be when you grow, grew up? I mean, was it always, you, you said you fell in love with it, but obviously like most of us when we're kids, we had little, you know, pipe dream kind of dreams or what we wanted to you be. Know, and I always wanted to be in the liquor business. Okay. Package liquor. Uh-huh. It seemed like uh, I knew two or three families uh, that were in it in Joliet. They were all very successful in that. And so um, when I graduated from high school, my folks wanted me to go to college and I said, now I want to really get out on the street and make some money. So I, I actually searched the for sale uh, ads in the in the newspaper for businesses for sale, and I ended up finding a packaged liquor store for sale. And, okay. Uh, 
I went into that business at 20 years old. My dad had to put his name on the license because I wasn't old enough to have a liquor license. <laughs> and uh, and I, uh, I did very, very well, and I ended up going into the package liquor business, I ended up in the cocktail lounge business with package liquors in another location. And, and uh, my wife made me promise when our daughters, the Debbie, who's our oldest, starts school, mm-hmm. you've got to get out of the liquor business because you'll never be with the kids. Right. So she started in August. I sold everything in July. And Bob Honig was the one that said to me, you ought to get in real estate. So real estate's so much better to be in to make time for family, you're saying, than <laughs> the liquor business. Absolutely. Right. I was able to go to the kids' plays. I was That's able to go to school functions. And, and I was able to, uh, you know, go home and have lunch and spend time with the kids. So it, it just after being locked behind the doors in a liquor business for 10 years, this was just like a newfound freedom, and it was just awesome. And, and like I said, I fell in love with the business the first day, and, and never in my wildest dreams did I ever think about real estate. You know, it's like right. going to college, and you go for your degree and what you're going to do, and after 10 years of doing it, you're saying... I'm going to yeah. do something else. So right. that's what happened with me. You know, it, uh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Now, do you feel that um, for the family members that followed along after you, did they find the same love or was it because so like I, I grew up with my mom in the real estate business. So I, I grew up when the book was, mm-hmm. you know, would come out every week right. or two we weeks in my mind. Yeah, yeah we'd, right. it'd be black and white and we would sit down on the couch together. So it, I, I feel like I learned a lot kind of just through growing up in the business, I never saw myself becoming a realtor. But then I went, like you said, I went to college for business and a minor in Spanish and I just was going to do business. Right. Mm-hmm. So I never expected to end up where I'm at in this company and, and in the role that I am either. So when, when the kids were growing up with you in the household, how much was real estate talked about? And, and were they like, stop talking about it, dad, or yes. tell me more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in fact, uh, uh, when Sherry was uh, was going away to college, I said to her, you know, you really ought to get into real estate, Sherry. You'd be a natural. I hate real estate. I listen to real estate every day, Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> I can <laughs> and, relate. Uh, guess what? She came out with a degree in fashion marketing and ended up back in real estate because she said, that retail sales are horrible. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Um, she uh, ended up getting her license and was top agent for a lot of years until she got so involved in commercial, in, into the um, the corporate office, right? And and now she still will sell to her her clients that want nobody else but her. But, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, and Debbie uh, was a, a, a mom at twenty years old, and so she was raising babies, and and um, she said, "I'm going to get into real estate," and she worked on her own to get her license, and and. She got into it on her own, and then uh, Mike got into it on his own, and my daughter Jennifer, she um, she worked in the casino business for mm-hmm. a few years, and um, when she got married and that, she got her license. She's still raising uh, two younger ones today, but uh, all four of the kids are in the business. Yeah, and it's fabulous to, to see that. I think I, even with the size of the company that we are today, that we are based on the, the, that family-owned business. I think that people tend to have a stigma with a company our size. You know, they attach the word corporate, corporate and, right. and that has such a negative connotation. But I think those of us that are a part of this company, you know, in 2,000 people, probably with all of our employees and staff and agents, we, we, we get it, you know, and you feel... Not just a large family we're a part of, but every every event we go to is like a family reunion, and right. we sit down in our office meetings, and every office is like its own little family too. So it's just that extended it really family. Is. I love it, that. It's great, and, and you know, there's 
You know, a lot of people think of family conflict and all that, but, you know, each one of the kids have their own jobs to do, and, and they do it, and there's, mm-hmm. the, you know, Mike is a CEO and president, and mm-hmm. he, there can only be one boss, you know, right. so, you know, it's, um, everybody said, well, Mike must have been the favorite, you know, it was not yeah. Mike was the favorite, but Mike came into the business at 21 years old, and, uh, worked in sales and then mm-hmm. took over managing an office and he grew the office uh, and, and again he was working side by side with him many years so it was just a natural progression it, it's a it's a great situation we do right. have a we have a family meeting every 90 days and uh, we talk over things and and uh, the four kids are all uh, involved in in the, the company and it's uh, it's an awesome situation. I couldn't couldn't be happier. Well, and it's it's working right. right. So, what, at what point did you realize that this was going to the extent it was, and the growth was going to happen like this? You know, you've had acquisitions over the years, smaller acquisitions, mm-hmm. and it seems to grow into larger acquisitions. At what point were you like, okay, if I'm in this, we're doing this, and we're we're taking it to the you know nth power? <laughs> I think that that's always been my my mm-hmm. nature. Okay. You know? I always feel like if you stop striving to get there, someone else is nipping at you. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've always, um, I've never tried to hurt anybody. In the st- you know, I've been approached by many brokers and say, how do you accomplish and buy so many different companies? And I said, because I don't make enemies in the business. Right. You know, I'm friends with Allies all the brokers and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm approached by them more than I approach them. Right, about right. About buying their companies right. or that, you know. And again, once you start buying companies and once you're noted for that, a lot of people approach us and see if we're interested in that. So, right, right. Um, it, it, and it's fun. It's challenging. You know, uh, there's uh, we've tried, to, with the offices that we have purchased, we try to find companies that are have the same... Um, same sort of uh, like philosophy, philosophy yeah, that we have. Foundation of principles. Uh, it's not yeah. always uh, the same, but it's amazing over a period of time how it becomes the same. I think right. when they realize that that we're not corporate, that right. we are family, and that we we want to be close. And we, I've always said we want to bring the best that we've got and take the best that you've got and put them together and make them work. And uh, absolutely, we've, we've been able to do that. It's been great. And that's how we grow, you know, and that's how we grow in success, too, by, right. by, by being willing to see what others have to offer and adopting those, those excellent traits in another company or agents or leadership. Right. And, and I think that's why you will sustain and keep playing the game, right? We, we, we talk about, you know, you don't have to be winning, but we want to be able to keep playing the game. That's right. right? It's an Absolutely. infinite game. We want to be able to keep playing. And, and we may not always be number one in every market or, you know, like we are in the world right now as a Coldwell Banker right. franchise affiliate. But as long as we can all keep being happy and doing what we love and, and keep it, playing the game. Very professional yes. manner. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that is one of our, I think, our strong suits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to say, you know, when you've got 1,700 people out there telling the story in that. Mm-hmm. You just hope that they're delivering it and, and the, the way that we, and we do a lot of training and there's a lot of work within the company to accomplish that kind of thing. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. And, so, and it works. It works. It works. That's great. It works. So with the fact that we have over 1,700 agents and we're across four states, not to mention two time zones, um, you still make the time to make birthday calls to all the agents. And that is one of the most fascinating stories. I think that even a lot of our managers share when we talk with agents that are looking at us as a company that they might want to affiliate with. 
what I find so fascinating is that you still do it. And as much growth as there has been, have you, did you always intend on never stopping to make the calls no matter how big we got? No, because I love doing it. So yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a job. It's a, it's a passion. I, I love doing it. Awesome. And, and I do call uh, their cell phones so that if they're busy or that, I, I'm not interrupting them. Yeah. Uh, I probably get answered, um, 50 60 percent of the time if not I always leave a message yep I've I've run into situations where their mailbox is full and then Uh-oh. I have to go back <laughs> and try to to so I've, I've quit doing that I used to go back and try to uh, text them uh, a happy birthday but then then it just gets so prolonged because I have to go and go through a list and I get asked all the time what's the most calls you ever have in a day and I got to tell you that <laughs> just the last a uh, month in July, uh, again, the 14th, 15th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, there were 30 birthdays in those wow. three days. And I call on Friday, I call the people on Saturday For and the Sunday, weekend, uh-huh. right, uh, so that it, you know, I don't bother them on their, their weekends. But, um, yeah, it's it's amazing. So I, I, I would think that's it's probably one of, some of the highest days was those three days that yeah. 30 calls. So is there ever a day that you don't make a birthday call? I've had one day where there was one call, which is so, so you, unusual. So you're pretty much every single day of the year, there's at least one birthday call to make. At least. At least. At least. Wow, and that's, that's only that's happened. one time it happened where there was there was one. What I do, I'm noticing, though, is like today, and I won't say what day it is, right. <laughs> on a particular day, four calls are in Indiana and only one is in Illinois. Okay. So it's, it's a, what was happening at, in Indiana? It's created four calls in the state, right. or eight calls in, in Wisconsin, and one in Indiana and one in Illinois. Right. So you know, it, you're just—it's funny. It, it's, it's funny. I'm just trying to. So here, since we are technically called Real Talk, let's get real. Speaking of birthday calls, when I was managing an office, mm-hmm. uh, I had an agent that was working for us, and I remember specifically you had called and was going to leave him a message. Do you remember what his voicemail sounded like? Yeah. Can you tell it without? We can. I don't know that we can bleep it out, but what when you got his voicemail? How surprised were you to hear uh, that message that he had on his recording? I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. I. I uh... A certain, a certain, was it a certain F word that might have yeah, popped was, into that? Yeah. And, and I know, I felt bad for the guy because he had just come over from another company. So he still had his voicemail from that company. Right. And he was trying to record it. And I think he thought he'd hung up and he said, what the F? <laughs> <laughs> so I called, I called you, I believe, Laura. Yes, and you I did. said, Laura, you, you might want to call him and just tell him he needs to. You know, and his voice, he listened to his, his message oh, on boy. his voicemail, but it was, it was really funny. It, and and that's, it's interesting because now you said 50 to 60% of the agents answer. So rule number one, realtors, answer your phone, <laughs> right? I know I think that's an old David Knox <laughs> trick, you know, where he's, he says, make sure you answer your phone, pick up the phone. That's all, that's step number one, right? Uh, number two, check your voicemail greeting. Make sure it right. is, it is appropriate. It's current and, right. um, it, it will suit the needs of your professionalism in your business. So, right. Right. Um, and I'm still getting a lot of, um, this is Barb from Cobo Manker. Honing Bell, or this oh, is yeah, yeah. Mary from right. Rothwerly Graver. Yep. Uh, so check it and, and clean it up. And I know with all this robo-calling and that, that a lot of people see the, the uh, uh, 
area code and saying, oh, it's another robocall. Right, so, right. you know, if you see it's 815 it's uh, it's it's probably me. Although I know I, they're really tricky today with the they are same area code, in your same area first codes, three right, digits, right. And, you know. But uh, but we're in the business where we could be getting calls from other numbers all day long. Right. And it's just the game we got to play, and, right? And. Uh, use some of those apps out there that can help you avoid it too. So, um, that's, that's excellent. So one other question burning in, I think a lot of people's mind is who's your favorite child? Oh, there's no favorite. <laughs> oh, that's a politically correct answer. <laughs> that, that is politically good. correct. They're all my favorite for different reasons. Oh, I thought you were saying you didn't have any favorite children, but you have. They're all my favorite. They're okay. Okay. And, so and we get asked that about what's your favorite grandchild. And I right. say, you know, we have nine grandchildren and, I love them all. I love them all for probably different reasons, but... They fill a different space in your heart, is, right? Yeah, right? Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let that one slide. So, yeah, okay. um, so one other final question that we like to ask of all of our guests on Real Talk is, what is the p- favorite part of your home? You know, that's, that's difficult. You know, uh, if I told somebody that at 72, we put an addition on our house for a bigger kitchen, <laughs> they think we're crazy. Yeah. But uh, when we did, we put a really nice stone fireplace in the kitchen and there's a couple there's a sitting area with this fireplace of the kitchen and I could never leave there it's like you know, good gathering place yeah it's a yep. great gathering place and yep. that and our our, uh, our backyard we have a huge backyard um, and uh, and when we redid the house you know we've added the fire pits and the right. raised patios and all the things right. like that but uh, it's just it's a phenomenal setting It'll be interesting to see the trend in that answer as, you know, we have more guests on our show here because even between the hosts, between Laura Saruji and Tony Didier and I, we, two of us, were naming outdoor spaces as part of our favorite places to be. Um, And a lot of people, I think, just enjoy that either the kitchen space, the gathering space, or something unique like Tony has. If you haven't listened to the intro episode, um, Tony has a really unique favorite part of his home. So um, tune into that intro if you guys haven't done that yet. But that, to me, anywhere you gather with the people or relax with people, that seems to be the trend. It'll be really fascinating to see where people find their happiness in their home. Yeah, that's really a funny question because I, I've been after Sandy to sell our house. I said, yes, we don't need this big house. Well, we got to have room for the kids to come home if they have to. And I yeah. said, you know, need to, and I'm going, Sandy. <laughs> They're all married and have their own homes. That. And yeah, like, yeah. Just right now, my daughter, Sherry, put her house up for sale and sold the first day in her new house. The building isn't done, so guess what? My daughter, Sherry, and her husband and her 22-year-old and her 19-year-old are living with us, so... Well, we probably have, we could have a whole other podcast on that. Let's tell some story. We'll bring Sherry in and we'll talk about what it's like. We'll probably bring all the kids in to talk about what it's like to but, so, go back what, and live with mom and dad. I, there's not a part of my house that we don't love, but we yeah. don't need it. You know, true, uh, true. It's, it's, and the memories last, right? We say the memories last even if you right. don't have the home. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to it let is. go, though. It is. It is. It is. It is. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today, Ed. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I enjoy listening to you. And um, everybody out there, be sure to check in in the next episode where Tony sits down with Deb Peyton Shawley, our number one producer in Indiana. You'll get to hear a little bit more about her experience with HGTV, how she manages her team, and what professional coaching has done for her. So it's an exciting episode. So I hope you guys get to listen in. 
enjoy it. Take this with you guys, pause it, play it in between showings when you're in the car, uh, you need a little downtime or detox from your day. That's what we're here for. So uh, thanks again, Ed. Can't, can't thank you enough for your time. Always great to see we you love having you as a leader. Awesome. Thank thanks. You.